the Bible Study Podcast, episode 210. The Bible Study Podcast today continues the study of wilderness. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're studying the wilderness, and two weeks ago we talked about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. And then last week we talked about Elijah, the prophet of God, being alone in the wilderness again for 40 days. But 40 days is not the big record winner in biblical accounts. Of course, that record goes to the children of Israel who wandered around the wilderness or the desert for 40 years. But we should say, before we say that, that that was not necessarily the plan. You may recall that they were slaves in Egypt. They found themselves slaves in Egypt after the generations after the patriarchs were enslaved by pharaohs as they became more numerous. And so God sent Moses to bring them out of Egypt. The pharaoh was reluctant to have this free labor source go away. And so through Moses, God performed a number of different signs. A number of different plagues were sent to Egypt, plagues of darkness and flies, the river Nile turning to blood. Uh, the livestock dying, and finally the death of the firstborn, at which point the children of Israel were invited and strongly encouraged to leave the country. But the Pharaoh had a change of heart and went after them, and his army was drowned when the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea, and his army did not. Whereafter, the people of Israel went to the holy mountain, went to Mount Sinai, and received the law. There was this little incident there with the golden calf that was pretty much a setback because God had just given them the rules to worship him and him only. But shortly after that, and a lot of complaining later, they end up at the border of the promised land. And what happens next we find in Numbers 13. So far, I've just summarized Exodus and Leviticus, and then we're starting the book of Numbers. Numbers 13, they arrive at the land of Canaan, and they send some men out to explore the land of Canaan. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. Their names were from the tribe of Reuben, Samua, son of Zakur, from the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, son of Hori, from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, from the tribe of Issachar, Igal, the son of Joseph, from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, the son of Nun, from the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Rufu, from the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Sodi, from the tribe of Manasseh, a tribe of Joseph, Gadi, the son of Susi, from the tribe of Dan, Ameliel, son of Gemali, from the tribe of Asher, Shether, son of Michael, from the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, the son of Vosphi, from the tribe of Gad, Guiel, the son of Maki, these are the names of the men that Moses sent to explore the land. Moses gave Hoshea, the son of Nun, the name Joshua. And you may pause at this point and say that really very few of those names are familiar, even if you're a biblical scholar. If you're a biblical scholar, you would recognize the name Caleb, you would recognize the name Joshua, and of course Michael, but not this particular Michael, is a familiar name. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on to the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? 
Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob toward Lebo Hamath. They went up through the Negev and came to Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, lived. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. When they reached the valley of Eskol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it back on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eskol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. Now, it's interesting to note here that this is another 40. In this case, though, it's not a 40 days in the wilderness, as we studied with Jesus, or a 40 days in the wilderness, as we talked about with Elijah. But this is actually coming out of the wilderness. They spend 40 days in this land of plenty, in this land that is the promised land, and they bring back some of the fruit of the land. And remember, that although we don't recognize the names of these 12 spies, these 12 leaders who are sent in, they are described as that. They are described as the leaders of the Israelites. And here's their report. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. They took a report to them in the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jezubites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. So we've been wandering in the desert. The desert in this case being the passage from slavery to freedom, from bondage to promise. They finally got here on the border of the promised land. They finally got where God has sent them. They finally got to what God is giving them, and they are afraid. Ten of the twelve spies come back and say, the people are too big, the cities are too strong. Now, I don't know if you know your history of the area, but at the time, none of those people would be stronger than Egypt. So the people here have already forgotten what God has done to Egypt. Because Egypt would be at this time stronger than any one of these tribes that they name, who they look at and say we are grasshoppers in our own eyes compared to them. We looked that way to us and and we seemed the same to them. So Caleb says, but it doesn't really matter. 
if God basically wants them to take this land, they will take this land. Have they forgotten what God has done? They have been wandering in the desert, fed by miraculous food, the manna that drops from heaven. They have received water when there was no water, when Moses is instructed to hit a rock and water will come out, or to speak to the rock and water will come out. When they complained that they lacked food, they were given birds of the air that came until they ate so much that they were sick. God has taken care of them, and time and time and time again, they keep looking back to Egypt and saying, were there not enough graves in Egypt that you couldn't have left us there? And they do that again. They rebel here in Numbers 14. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Won't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes, and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored it is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about storming them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me? In spite of all the signs I have performed among them, I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. And at this point, Moses intercedes for the people of Israel. They are not destroyed by God. But except for Joshua and Caleb, they are forbidden to enter the promised land. And so they wander back in the wilderness for 40 years total. This is a people who wander in the wilderness because they're stuck there. They're stuck in their thinking and they're stuck in their faith. They can't seem to see the number of times that God has been faithful, that God will continue to be faithful. We talked about Jesus being led into the wilderness by the Spirit as a time of trial. We talked about Elisha thinking himself alone in the wilderness and being ministered to by God. There are also wildernesses of our own creation, of our own lack of faith. And that's a difficult thing because it's a temptation to misdiagnose which wilderness we're in. But if we have faith in God, Caleb and Joshua, who had faith in God, were brought out of this wilderness and into this land of milk and honey because they saw that God had been faithful to them even into the wilderness and that God would continue to be faithful. And I think one lasting thing we need to remember is that God is faithful even in the times that are difficult, even in the times where it seems like we are in the middle of wilderness. 
With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.